everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bitch Breathe. My name is Ricardia. So today we're going to continue our discussion about the marriage myth. And this episode is about all the myths that surround a marriage ending. So if you'd like to know more about what I talked about in the last episode where we talked about all the myths that are around a marriage while still being married, then go ahead and uh, listen to that episode first. Otherwise, I'm happy you're here. And today I want to talk about, like I said, all the myths that surround a marriage that is ending. So when a marriage ends, And I'm going to do a couple of episodes on the breakup, by the way, so stay tuned for those. But when a marriage ends, it feels nothing less than tragic for the most part, right? I mean, unless it was a Vegas marriage and you were terribly drunk and you don't know this person and you need to get the thing annulled, <laughs> then um, it's probably very dramatic and sad. And to be honest, having gone through it twice, I've been married twice and uh, divorced twice, um, I had no idea just how much it would hurt. I had been in longer term relationships outside my marriages. So I didn't necessarily anticipate it being that difficult. In fact, when my second marriage ended, I thought I was going to feel nothing but liberation, like, you know, good riddance to a bad situation. And um, you know, now you can do all these things and be all these women that you didn't really get to do because everything went dormant when you were married. And so there were all these ideas of how life by myself was going to be. And mostly they were positive because I um, thought, well, it can't really get a whole lot worse than the last couple of years of this marriage. So I was pretty optimistic, even if I was very, very sad. Um Again, I'll talk about how to cope with a breakup, especially after a longer-term relationship and if there were children involved or whatever, in other episodes. In this one, I want to focus on all the ideas that we have around it that really can often keep us prisoner of a situation, keep us hostage to a circumstance that no longer serves us and that is, in fact, quite detrimental to our well-being, our physical health even, and certainly our mental health. So the first myth that I wanted to share with you today is the idea that, well, we stay together this long, there's a history here, I can't leave now. Uh, the only word I have for you there is why. Like just because you stayed together for a very long time, you now have to stay together an even longer time and be miserable. And the overarching idea of this, of many of the myths that I've been debunking and that I will debunk, is that we somehow seem to feel that we're going to live forever. But that is not true. And if you want to talk about death with me, <laughs> go back to one of my older episodes where I talk about age and dying. But what I'm trying to say is just because we got married doesn't mean we now compromise, shorten, or in altogether... Um, delete our dreams and um, uh, hopes for this life. And so if you're staying together because there's so much history, have you forgotten that you are still one person and that maybe there are dreams and hopes there that um, still want to be discovered? Because if you haven't forgotten those, then why would one stay in a relationship that isn't allowing us to have that freedom? 
And if we stay because there's such a history, we're just going to continue to pile on years of history that just really sucks. And um, why? So we can tell people, hey, we've been married 10 years, 15 years, or so that we can feel good about not having failed at this experiment, and that is what marriage is, an experiment? Or what are some of the ideas we are holding on to so that we don't leave? What is it we think is going to happen going forward if it didn't happen for us in the past? If things haven't changed in a very, very long time, even though you've dug in, um, you put in the work, you've changed yourself. I mentioned this as the last myth in my last episode, that things don't always have to stay the same. Things can develop well again in a marriage. But if they haven't, despite the fact that you feel you both or you alone have done everything that was humanly possible, then maybe even if not right now, because we only know ourselves when we're ready, but maybe it's time to have a new history, one of your own, one that might not resemble anything that the marriage was, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Myth number two, the children will be scarred for life if we break up. Boy, did I hold on to this one. I was so sure that my son, our son, was going to be one of those people who was just going to have a horrible adult um, uh, romantic life. And obviously the jury's still out on that. The kid's only just going to be turning 21 soon. So of course I don't know, is he going to fuck up every relationship because mom and dad just couldn't get their act together? I don't know that. What I do know is that I have a really, really good relationship with my son, and so does his father. We each contribute to this relationship to our son that we share together in very different ways. And of course, we've made mistakes. And of course, it's very, very hard for children when the marriage ends. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I'm not going to make it sound better. But what I want to say is that happy um, children are possible after a marriage has failed. As you might have guessed, it always has to do with how we communicate with our children. And my son asked me all the tough questions. I remember we even left the country that we shared with his father, something that I um, didn't decide easily and that I questioned for several years after that. And the questions my son asked me were really, really tough. And he said to me, and he was only four years old. I remember it so precisely, four years and three months old, I think. And he says, Mommy, I understand that you and Daddy don't get along anymore. Um, but why did you have to move apart? Why did you have to leave New York? And um, that, that these questions will come. The children, they will ask them. If you have a good relationship, they'll feel safe enough to ask them. If you always talk to them, they'll be even eloquent, like my son, as four years old. And I've experienced many children by now that age who are really, really conscious and, and woke. And they get it. And those questions, yes, they will come. However, that also means they've opened up a space for you to see, okay, they want to have an explanation. They're ready for an explanation. Let's give them that. And so that is what I did. I said, sweetheart, you're right. I wish I could have stayed, but it wasn't going to be financially possible for me at the time. 
And I was very, very unhappy in the country of my choice at that time, very unhappy. And to this day, I firmly believe, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat from the male uh, species now, but I firmly believe that happy moms make happy children. And even though I still love my first husband, the father of my child, very much, we're very good friends, I knew that the only way I was going to be a happy mom was if I was a happy mom separate from dad. So now, here we are, this is uh, 16, 17 years ago that this happened, and I can only say that my son um, and I have a great have a great uh, relationship. He understands a lot. He has a lot of empathy and a big heart. <laughs> he did make the joke the other day, well, mom, let's just say I'm a whole lot more realistic <laughs> about marriage um, because of, well, my two marriages and then his father also got married again. So, of course, he's a little more exposed to reality than maybe I would have wished for. And in my ideal image, I would have always loved to have stayed. I wanted that, in quotes, I'm going to put this now, normal life so, so badly. I didn't have it. And I certainly wanted that for my son. So I stayed for a very, very long time because I was worried that he'd be scarred for life if I didn't. So that was a very long <laughs> response to myth number two that children will be scarred for life. I can only say from my experience, from many, many girlfriends and friends who are divorced, that that has not proven to be true. Take heart if you are indeed looking at a separation there. Myth number three. Ah, oh, but we have a house together, a dog. We already mentioned the children, bank accounts. It's just too complicated. And, you know, I, I just don't think it's the right time to do this. How am I going to do this, that or the other? This, I will say, from my own experience and listening to my friends, is just a weak excuse. I'm sorry. That's all it is. If you know it's time to go, then certainly the real estate, the bank account, none of that should matter. Yes, it's a bitch to get this shit disentangled. Don't get me wrong. It's like a nightmare by the time you've actually gotten it all together. Absolutely. But that's what you get people for. You get your friends who have already been divorced or separated. They know how it's done. You get a really good tax person to help you out with that. You get all the professional and emotional advice that you need, all the support that is going to be required for you to keep your wits about you, and then you do it. You leave the house, you leave the bank account, and you will be fine, right? I'm not saying go ahead and do all this without a plan. No, have a plan. Definitely have a plan. But don't stay because you haven't even begun to make that plan. Okay, myth number four. I can't leave now. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm fat. I'm sick. He's sick. She's sick. I'm too poor. And all these. Some of these arguments are really valid. And I really don't have an answer for all those circumstances, especially where compromised health is involved. I don't ever for a moment want to pretend that I would know what to do if I got really sick in a long-term relationship and I wanted to leave, or if my spouse was really sick and I wanted to leave, right? That's, that's, like a, that's a really, really challenging situation. And every time we hear about it, you'd probably come to a different conclusion. So I don't want to advocate in terms of the health issue. But I can speak to a, another one of those arguments, the too old, 
they're too young or fat or feeling unattractive or, or poverty even. Poverty is another one I don't want to speak to too much because that's up to you to know what you can do financially and to get the right advice before you make any move. But mine was I'm too old and I'm not feeling like I can play the field the way I used to. And the truth is I couldn't. I couldn't play the field the way I used to because I had changed. I was no longer who I was before my first marriage and certainly not before my second. But the idea of staying because we think we're too this, that, or the other already speaks to dependency. You are depending on this person for validation maybe financial freedom. Again, I don't want to talk about the health thing, but that's also something that wants to be looked at maybe. But if we're in this kind of dependency, we're not free. I'm going to go ahead and just proclaim that. And if we're not free, then we have to ask ourselves, whose life is it? Is this? Is it still mine? Or have I given up all of who I am and what I think life should be because of this marriage? And that's the root of this myth that I want to get to. Not to leave, to up and leave, no matter what's going on. Absolutely not advocating that. But to look at what keeps you there. What beliefs and fake mantras you have in your head that make you stay. Right? Whether it's the validation, the I don't have the strength or whatever. It's not true. I thought I didn't have the strength. I thought I was too old. I thought I wasn't attractive, uh, a good match for anyone anymore because I felt so traumatized by everything that had, that had gone on. And none of it was true. None of it was true. So just to look at what is holding you back, what false beliefs you are cultivating, and then maybe getting a good coach, getting a good friend, or one of my favorite all times, ask mom, if those are really true, and if they're not, what kind of new truth emerges from that? And the last one sort of piggybacks on the previous one. I'll be lonely forever. So after I realized that ending my marriage was going to be a lot more painful than I thought, in came a defeatedness, a desperation and grief because I thought, well, I guess that was it. You only get so many chances, girl. You already fucked up two marriages. Um, I don't know that God has space for you to let you try yet again. <laughs> Not just that marriage, but at a, at a long-term relationship. I felt scarred, traumatized, doubtful. I had huge trust issues and um, absolutely very little experience being single. I thought this was going to suck. And to be honest... It really did. It sucked for what felt like a really long time. I was so lonely. Um, and I don't want to sort of say that I was the loneliest person I knew. But for a time being, I was the loneliest person that I knew. And I thought this was going to stay forever. That's just a thought in our heads, right? I wasn't lonely forever. It took a while. And this, of course, will vary for each and every one of us. But the truth is, in the place of loneliness, first stepped the recognition that I could get out of this and still be okay, that I could not have a spouse and still be okay, and 
now that I do have an, a boyfriend, a partner, um, that I would have the courage to go for this again and to not make it just something I do because I don't want to be lonely. That's not what this is, right? That also can happen and we can talk plenty about rebounds and stuff in some other <laughs> in some other episode. But the truth is you won't always be lonely. And if that is the only thing that holds you back is the fear of loneliness, then I'm, I beseech you to go and experiment with it. Because what comes out once we've gone through that murky, dark place of loneliness and solitude, what comes out on the other side is... Um, Definitely worth the fight. Definitely worth going through that valley and seeing all the dark sides that is us and all the darkness that, um, yeah, life can indeed, you know, serve up sometimes. So that was the last myth on, um, yeah, what happens when marriage ends. I would really love to hear from you if you're one of the people who have already gone through a divorce or the separation in a long-term relationship, I'd love to hear what you discovered when you separated or what you discovered while you were still together. I have a Facebook page now. It's called Bitch Breathe. You can easily find it there on Facebook. I'll pop it in the show notes. If you'd like to write to me more privately, please do at bitchbreathe at gmx. Dot com And please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It helps me so, so much when you let other people know that you enjoyed listening um, wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, whether you are in a marriage or outside of it, I hope you're well. And until next time. <laughs>